It's the Killer Bees, and that means you have no idea what's happening next. Could it be the next great food debate? A Jill rant for the ages? An extra bad take from Joe? Or maybe Jeremy will call for a bounty gate on someone? Well, let's find out. It's time for the Wheel of Bits. Oh my goodness, would you look at this. What an enormous spin. Let's play Buzzkill Branham. Buzzkill Branham? I wasn't ready. Okay, I was a little ready for this. Yeah, I'll call I'll call Bounty Gate on a couple of things. You want to start with football or you want to start with baseball? Your call. Joe, baseball or football? Uh football. All right, let's start with football. They uh they announced some of these competitions for the Pro Bowl deal. And whenever there was dodgeball, actually. Dodgeball was the very first one that I saw. And I'm going down the AFC roster looking at dodgeball. I'm like, please no C.J. Stroud, Laramie Tunsil, and Will Anderson. Please no C.J. Stroud, Laramie Tunsil, and Will Anderson. Please no C.J. Stroud, Laramie Tunsil, and Will Anderson. That was tough to do three times fast. Thank goodness they're not on it. Thank goodness they're not on it. But then a few minutes later, they they sent out the events that the Texans will be participating in. C.J. Stroud will be participating in precision passing competition today, which I guess maybe they were, I don't know if this airs today. Maybe they were, they tape it and air it later. I have no idea. Do not care. Which is fine. Like, I don't care if you're throwing the football around a little yeah. bit. That's fine. But he's also participating in flag football. I don't want C.J. Stroud playing flag football. I Almost said something I shouldn't have said. Laramie Tunsil and Will Anderson are doing Move the Change and Gridiron Gauntlet challenges. I don't know what that is, but it sounds like a feat of strength. Yeah. I don't want them doing feats of strength. I don't want them to be on their feet. I want them to be hanging out on a recliner. You know, I don't want to be getting fat. They should be working out in the morning and then resting at evening. I don't want them to have any fun in the offseason. I, I don't want them playing flag football. I don't want them doing moving the chains. I don't want them having gridiron gauntlet challenges. I want them to work out, eat lean, and be ready to be mean when the regular season comes around. I don't care about your individual pleasures. I care about team success. Bad news, Jeremy, because not only is he playing flag football, but Peyton Manning is his coach. Yeah, Peyton Manning said. did an interview or two in which he said that he thinks C.J. Stroud will be the MVP of the flag football extravaganza, therefore meaning he's going to be on the field a lot, running around, throwing the ball, and hopefully avoiding a lot of the rush. Did you hear Manning say he's going to win the MVP? Yep. Yeah, that is. I don't want to hear that. That's what I'm saying. Bad news for you because no. and I'm with you. I don't want to see these guys doing any of this stuff either. But when I heard Peyton Manning say that, I was like, oh, no. I'm going to watch that game now like a middle-aged mother and say, please make good decisions. Please make good decisions. Please make good decisions. You like, don't run. You don't look run. Like, you look like his mom on every play when she's yes. praying and, and just like yes. not wanting to watch. And yeah, Was it Robert Edwards, the dude that, that, was the that running tore back his ACL and ruined his career beach. playing beach flag football? Yeah. yeah. No, I want to buzzkill Branham. All these, like you have the be- like. I'm not going to say the best players in the world because Gardner Minshew was there and Tyler Huntley was there last year. You have some of the very best football players in the world. And you have them doing these feats of strength and, and playing flag football. This is a terrible idea. I do not want the Texans to be involved in any of this. I hate this. Yeah, I, I, I do I, not like it at all. I keep going to the the commercial they keep running for the actual Pro Bowl weekend and all the game, and then when they show the game. Jamar Chase is going in for a touchdown, and he laterals it back to one of his teammates yeah. to get the touchdown. And that guy gets obliterated and pushed down instead of the flag grab. And I'm going, this is why we don't need this. I was trying to figure out who that was. I thought it was Justin Jefferson he was lateraling to. I thought it was Tyreek Hill. Maybe. They're very, they look very different. <laughs> well, no, they do look different. They look very I, different. I, was, I know that both guys played in the game. I was like, 
I know that Jamar Chase is the guy laddering the ball. And I was trying to figure out who decided instead of going for the flag to just push them down like that. Yeah, Virginia says they do worse in the offseason. Stop being soft. Yeah, put them, like, wrap them in bubble wrap and send them to hibernation. Like, I don't want them doing anything physical in the offseason. I need them well in the regular season. All right, let's switch it over to the baseball buzzkill, Branham, uh, that I have. The Astros traded for a vegetable yesterday, uh, Tyler Cabbage. Um, Joe brought up a really good point yesterday off the air. He's like, hey, you know, if the Angels liked him, why, why did they? They actually DFA'd him, and then the Astros traded for him. It was after they picked up Hicks, and I think they might have signed a, relie- a reliever, so they had to make room on the 40-man roster, so they DFA'd the vegetable, tra- Trey Cabbage. Um, and it's like, okay, well, if he's so good, why are the Angels DFAing him? And we, we talked about, like, his numbers. He, he hit bombs last year in AAA. He also played in that Pacific Coast League where the, all the ballparks, like, play in places where there's high altitude, and the ball travels, like, I think that's mostly true, but I've heard he, the PCL is a very well, he, offensive-minded he played, league. He played in Salt Lake. Salt Lake, the there you Salt go. Lake Bees was there his home field, and that's obviously out. But he's he, a bee at least. Sounds like he's a fan of the show. Um, so, like, the numbers are going to be inflated first off. But, hey, cool. He had 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases in AAA. Like, he's got some talent, Like, and I hope that it all pans out. I really, really do. The thing that bothers me... And this 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 happens in all sports. The most recent example, though, is Trey Cabbage. Or... Like, what we see, we see people evaluate and analyze based off highlight reels. I saw so many people doing this yesterday after the Astros trade, and it's probably for likes, it's probably for engagement, it's probably, they're probably farming engagement, we know how it works these days. I do not like highlight reel analysis, because all I saw yesterday was Trey Cabbage looking like the second coming of Mickey Mantle. Mm -hmm. Oh, look at this bomb that he hit in the mile-high Salt Lake City with the bees in AAA. There's a 450-foot blast. There he is swiping second base. They're acting like because he was 30-30 in AAA that he's going to be 50-50 in the majors. So I don't like the highlight real analysis. Like, tell me the whole story. Tell me that he strikes out almost half the time. Tell me the PCL League is tremendous for offensive players. Like, tell me the whole story. I don't need you showing a two-and-a-half-minute clip of him hitting 450-foot bombs off journeyman awful minor league pitchers when that's not who he really is. And it annoys me. And I understand it. But And the realistic approach that's, that's even more disappointing is how many people buy into all of it, see the highlights, and instantaneously think, well, there's your left-handed bat they were talking about. There's the guy that's going to be, you know, who Dana wanted to add to this roster that was going to be a difference maker for this team in the outfield and wherever he plays. And that's just silly. I mean, he's going to be in Sugarland. He's going to be playing for the Space Cowboys. You know, you hope that you see enough from him. And, and I heard Michael Connor on with Joe last night. It's a great call. He's probably going to be Bly, Bly Madris this year. Yeah, He's probably going to be a Bly Madris that, you know, shows signs in AAA, but anytime you bring him up, he is not going to do anything near what all these people that see these social media highlight reels buy into. Yeah, and look, I'm not, I don't think it's a bad trade. Like, I think it's good to have that guy on your 40 man roster to have a chance to compete for the final spot. Like, it, it makes your 40 man roster, I think it was Paul that called us yesterday, it makes your 40 man roster better. I agree. I think he has a chance to win a job out of camp, be on your big league roster, but it's also shrewd in the sense that he has minor league options. So even if he doesn't make the team out of camp, you can put him in Sugar Land and he can be the, you know, guy that you could potentially call up if there's an injury or your prospects aren't ready. 
already. So I, I like the move. I think the move is fine. The criticism that I have are all these engagement farmers that are acting like yeah. he's the next coming of Mickey Mantle. Like, chill out a little bit, man. Just because you go 30-30 uh, for the Salt Lake Bees doesn't mean you're the next great, you know, Kyle Tucker for the Astros. And there's, like, to Joe's point, if you're DFAing a guy and other teams, and there's been some success stories. I mean, the Astros did it with J.D. Martinez. There's success stories of a guy getting DFA'd and then bouncing back and having a good career, but it's extremely, extremely rare, especially at the age of 26. People don't look at it this way, but you know the last guy that they did it with that it worked for them with the Astros? Montero. He was DFA'd in Seattle. They threw him in as part of the deal, Mm -hmm. and Montero had a career year the next year for the Astros. That was a success story. My only only counter to that, I think it's a great point. My only counter is that if Trey Cabbage was a pitcher, I would totally agree with you. And that's where I was going to go, too, because in the past, they've shown, if you just show me a live arm, I can work with that live arm and try and do something like, with it. When they've been getting these guys in the offseason who throw like 95 they and signed have an sick Aggie. movement. There was like, an Aggie the other day that yeah. they signed who was undrafted, and he throws like 98. People are like, yeah. And then it's like, well, he throws balls 90% of the time. But like, Oh, there's a reason he went undrafted. That's why, because he can't throw strikes. But the Astros organization has shown like the one thing they can develop much better than everyone else is pitching. So like, if you're going to say, I'm all in on one of these random trades that Dana Brown makes or moves, I would lean towards the pitchers, not the hitters. Okay. Fair so enough. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I'm with you know. on cabbage. But, but like, it, this is all sports, too. Like, And you see it in basketball all the time. Like, a guy will have, like, this great million-dollar move, and he, he finishes at the rim, or it's a step-back three, and you're like, oh, this guy's, the, this guy's a five-star. This guy's going to be a high-major recruit. Oh, he was three for 18, one for 11 from three, had zero assists, zero rebounds, zero steals, and zero blocks. But he had that one highlight. He's a five-star. Come on. Well, this is like, and then you end up seeing these guys like Jones and even even uh, Gerald Green. They win multiple dunk contests because mm-hmm. they can fly through Matt the air McCoy. and hammer it. Yeah, Matt, but what can, what else can they do to actually make themselves a bona fide player at the highest level? And, and that's what you wonder about a guy like Cabbage. Like, look, it, it, I wish they had the same reputation of pitching coaches, and, and, and it's now Brent Strom's moved on for the law firm. But I wish they had hitting guys. Is Jeff Bagwell going to show, you know, as a special consultant, that he's going to spend some time with Cabbage and try and make him a better major league hitter mm-hmm. with a better strike zone? I don't think so. I'm so sick of highlight analysis when it comes to sports. 713-780-ESPN. It's mock draft season. We were going to talk about players that we want for the Texans based on the highlight we saw of them. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Welcome back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. Killer Bees are also known as Africanized Bees. And we all know there's nothing Africanized about these two guys. It's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. 3%. Um, Keith from L.A. said it was Jalen Ramsey that delivered the hit on that commercial. Uh, Who was the player that got hit on that commercial? I wonder. It's a good question. 713-780-3776. Uh, eight, uh, Ocho, Branham, I agree. The same thing is done for Jalen Green. That dude will play poorly for a month, and then Rockets media will highlight the uh, the heck out of his three-game hot streak as if he were consistently producing. It happens a lot in basketball. Now, Jalen Green's been good over the final six. Hopefully it stays around. And I would say that he's been productive in those six, even though 
Um, it's not just the points. Like he's rebounding, he's playing defense, he's contesting shots. Like hopefully his it's rebound, clicking. You see his numbers that they they highlighted last night. When I I don't think that was I by don't, mistake. I don't know if I saw that graphic. They showed over the last they they gave it by date, but it was essentially over the last three to four games uh-huh. the most rebounds in the NBA, and he was in the top ten. He was in the really? top seven. He had thirty two rebounds in his last three games. Maybe they jinxed it. That's why the Rockets got out rebounded by twenty. It's possible, but I mean for him, would you expect him to go ten, ten, twelve on the rebound? No, I know the last five games that he's averaging like a shade under 30 points a game. He's like right at seven rebounds a game and then like four assists a game. And he's shooting like 35% from three. And he's playing defense and he's contesting shots. Like I I love the way he's playing in the last six. Now do it always. Right. And the the thing they highlighted too was this was the first time in his career. I think it was the first time ever he had a double-double. But then he had three in a row, and it, the rebounds were 10, 10, and 12, which were pretty impressive. Uh, 6036, well, all the negativity, you guys should be the bad word, no, uh, instead of the killer bees. It was, I mean, it was the bit. It was buzzkill uh, Branham. That was the thing. Also, that word that you used there, 6036, you shouldn't use that word. Uh, just because it's not the word that it, it entering the word for, the intent's still the same. The intent's still the same. You should be ashamed of yourself, actually, 6036. All right, let's play a little mock draft season. Uh, it is uh, it is mock draft season because we're trying to make the Houston Texans better. Uh, Adam Kaplan has uh, today's mock draft from Pro Football Network. How do we make the Texans better? Uh, the norm here, Caleb Williams is the number one pick. It seems like I haven't seen a mock draft that didn't have Caleb right. Williams number one. I don't think. Number two has Drake May. Number three, they scroll on down. I missed the button that you click. Number three is, uh, this one's interesting, Oluyumawa Fashuna. Say it with conviction. Number three to the Patriots. So not a quarterback. Instead, really? it's a tackle to New England. Who's he blocking for? <laughs> is he blocking does, for Mac does Jones? Does Gerard Mayo suddenly think that he can resurrect Mac Jones? Yeah, that's ugly there. Maybe they play the free agent. Maybe Russell. I don't know. Uh, number four, Arizona, which this seems like his locked-in position. Although I'm surprised a non-quarterback went three and Marvin Harrison didn't go there. Uh, Jared Verse, who I've seen up and down. He's at number five. Malik Neighbors goes to the Giants at six. Joe Alt to Tennessee, uh, the tackle from Notre Dame. Dallas Turner, the edge from Bama, goes to Atlanta. Latou, Latou, the edge from UCLA, say with conviction goes to Chicago and then JC Latham or Latham uh, the offense tackle from Alabama goes to the uh, to the Jets other quarterbacks between uh, the top 10 and the Texans pick Jaden Daniels off the board number 11 to Minnesota and that is the final quarterback until the Texans pick so the Texans are on the clock at number 23 and Adam Kaplan has the Houston Texans selecting selecting Leonard Taylor the third defensive tackle from Miami. Uh, what would you make of uh, the Texans drafting defensive tackle from Miami, Leonard Taylor? I think there's several names on the board here, but if they're looking to do what D'Amico is basically wanting to do uh, going forward in terms of improving his defensive line, then I'm all for it. I, I, I will fully believe in whoever they take and their, their player evaluation to say, look, you have free agents on the defensive line. We know that you know we evidently saw Rankins a little differently than D'Amico did or maybe more than that because with you know Rankins and Collins I thought that there was a massive improvement but if D'Amico is hell-bent focused on the defensive line and you can get one of the the best defensive linemen here at this position later in the first round then I'm all for doing that that exact thing so there's two people that I like to look at whenever it comes to looking at at player prospect I wouldn't be mad at a defensive tackle like you give me a defensive tackle I'm not going to be mad at that at all like that that's fine I'm cool with defensive tackle like you said if that's what D'Amico wants then give D'Amico what he wants but 
I always look at Daniel Jeremiah, and then I like to look at Lance Zerline's draft reports. I don't think Lance Zerline did a draft report on Leonard Taylor, which kind of tells you a little bit. And then Daniel Jeremiah doesn't have Leonard Taylor in his top 50 big board. So if Daniel Jeremiah doesn't have you in the top 50 big board, I'm not going to be happy, even if it's a position of need, with the Texans taking that guy at number 23. So that's why I wouldn't be pleased. I'm fine with the position. Mm -hmm. Don't like the name here. Uh, Let's put our feet into Nick Casario's shoes and play the the game that we play, where we take a look at who the Texans picked and then the next two. So we have an option here of Leonard Taylor III, defensive tackle for Miami, Troy Fatuhunu. They list him as a guard, reading up on him more with like Daniel Jeremiah Jeremiah's thing and Lance Erline's thing. Apparently, he could play all five positions. Some people view him more as a guard. Some people think he can stick and stay at tackle, but if it doesn't work, then they move him to guard. So he's kind of versatile. This one lists him as a guard. And then uh, the 25th pick to Green Bay, they have Graham Barton, offensive lineman from Duke, uh, going there. So you're in the shoes of Nick Casario. Not a great list here. No. Taylor Fatunu, Barton, unless you really like one of them. Uh, what would you do in this spot? For me, it's instead of the, the actual name, it's the actual position. And if I'm going between two offensive linemen or a defensive tackle, then I'm going with a defensive tackle because I think that we've highlighted how many different players they have in the running to, to, to solidify the offensive line. And they've got some pretty talented guys, some coming off of injury, some obviously coming off injury and have underperformed uh, like Green. But they're going, they're going to have plenty to choose from, including two guys with versatility uh, that can play center uh, and one that, that in, in Juice that actually played left guard for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the defensive tackle. I told you all along, I like Sweat from Texas. I, I think that that kid, and it was funny that he didn't want to weigh in because your defensive lineman, you don't give a rat's ass how much they weigh. You just, you just want to make sure that they can move that weight around, stop the run, and put pressure on the quarterback. I, I, I will, I'm all in on them getting someone on the defensive line at 23. Yeah, I just don't like the name here at all. The, the fact that... Um... It's, it's a dude that's not even on Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 prospect board is what's driving me away from here. And is this Adam Kaplan that did the, the hits on the bench during the season? Yeah. So, yeah, well, that Adam Kaplan has the wrong pick at number 23. I'll just say that. Uh, both of these offensive linemen are intriguing to me because they both play tackle in college, but both are probably moving to the interior offensive line. Now, Fatuno, I think, has a better chance to play tackle uh, than Barton does from, from Duke. So it kind of depends on what you want. Do you want somebody that has the capability of playing tackle? I personally don't need it if I have Tunzel and I have Titus Howard. Maybe Casario's thinking a little bit more long-term, that maybe he can start at guard and then if you lose one of those guys, you can bounce them out to tackle. Uh, so that's a possibility. Barton, Zerline's calling Barton more of a center than anything else. And their prospect grades, he has Barton at a 6.43, will become a good starter within two years, and he has Fatuno at a 6.41, will become a starter within two years. So it feels like they're kind of similar. I'm going to go with a guy who has a little bit more position flexibility and go with Troy Fatano, and he's also higher on uh, Jeremiah's big board. Fatano was uh, like 17, where Barton's mm. number 33. So give me uh, Fatano. You're a Houston Texan. You're going to be my starting left guard, but you're going to have to win that job over Kenyon Green and Jared Patterson. Okay, I would, before we get into the, I, I mean, I guess I would take Fatano as well. Is there any chance you guys think that Nick Casario just keeps Titus at left guard? Uh, I thought about this. And, like, it's a bad contract if that's your left guard. Like, it is a huge overpay. Yeah. It's but, also a lack of production. For sure. It, it, like, there's a lack of production, but, like, the way Fant played, if you draft a tackle and this guy's performing well, do you just make your new 
you know, first round pick that could be a guard or a tackle, you're starting right tackle, and Titus is back at left guard next year. I think that sounds like more of a band aid than the right solution it for them. It sounds like disaster. Yeah. It sounds I, like a dumpster on fire. That would sound like that they are completely juggling the missteps of green and everything else and going, we're just looking to put another Band-Aid on it before the season even starts. I, I think that you have to truly see what you can be with what you committed to and why with Howard on one side, Tunsil on the other, and then you got Shaq on the right side. And then just figure it out. But yeah, I don't. I, I I've already. I'm on record over and over. I hate the musical chairs they played in the past, and they had to do again this year. I, I just want to stay away from that. Titus Howard's not a big fan of mine. I'm a much bigger fan of him than he is of mine. Uh, they need to stop messing with him. His best position's right tackle. You currently need a right tackle. There's no one else on this roster that's a better right tackle than Titus Howard. So I, I don't understand why you would draft a tackle and then move Titus to left guard, especially in an area of the draft where you're going to find better guards than tackles. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree, and like, and that's where, honestly, I think we might have to expand this to five picks. This is much harder with, with the Texans picking later in the draft, honestly. Okay, we can do that to five. I mean, you're like, the boss. We have to listen to what you say. Or maybe at least one more pick. I don't know. It's just, it, I, think I think we did four last year. Part of it is the, I think, uh, I think it was three. It was your pick plus the next three. So it's four, Joe. No, I thought you meant four. Like no, I thought four you meant, options. Like, four oh. after the Texans. No, four options. Yeah, just because I think it, what's hard about the mock drafts this year is that it does feel like the needs of the teams behind you are very different mm-hmm. than what your needs are. Even though I guess with the Cowboys, it depends on the mock you look at because there's a couple yeah. of them that that are tight now. Dallas going tackle every time makes this probably why you have to expand it. Yeah, because like it does seem like that's what they need the most. That like they're going to address the offensive line for sure in this draft. So you want to go to four options? Yeah, I'll go to four options. Starting tomorrow? Starting tomorrow. All right. Very good. Would you be mad, though, if Fatano is a uh, – I have no idea that's how you say his name, but I don't care until he's a Texan. Uh, do you? Would you care if he's a Texan? No, I'm good with it. Good with it? I, good I with think it? it's yeah. – that's a, you're right. It's a guard I mean, spot they, in the draft. And if they identify someone that they figure is a better fix than trying to fix green and figure out what the hell to do – and now you've got a couple of young guys on the line to, to mix in with all these veterans that you're paying and, and that you brought in. I'm fine with it either way because I would trust that in the, at the end of the day, they're hell-bent on making sure CJ stays upright, and I love that. Yeah, and running game. Like running game. Too, you draft right, a guard, right. you're trying to make the running game better. Now, some people, well, you can't draft a guard so close after drafting Kenyon Green. Okay, well, now you're subscribing to the sunk cost, and you're just allowing yourself to be lousy there because you made a bad pick two years ago. That's a terrible way of doing business. So would your answer be Keon Coleman? If, we, if he was here? Because that, that, if, really. we, if we expand it, for me, it, it's easy. I really don't want a receiver in the first round unless it's one of the top guys that slide or you get aggressive yeah. and trade up. Ken Coleman's a kid from Florida State? Yeah. yeah. Boy, he's talented. I just, sure, it, but it, I, but what you, you're going to get, if you go, let's say that you go guard, receiver, first round, third round. You go guard, receiver versus receiver, guard. Mm-hmm. You're going to like the guard, receiver duo better than receiver, guard. Th- yeah, that's true. So, like, I'm okay. So, you're saying that the depth of the wide receiver group is good enough that you, okay. And Nick Casario has been proven to draft good third round receivers, and Nick Casario has been proven to be lousy drafting guards. That's fair. Although Juice was good at guard, but he was actually drafted as a center. And then Jared Patterson was drafted as a center. So, like, I understand the receiver's sexy, and, like, Keon Coleman's a huge name. It's a way better name than, you know, some of these guards are talking about. I just, like, if you're committed to go guard receiver or receiver guard first third round, I'd rather take the guard first because I, 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 I think it makes you better. If Coleman's there, I'm taking him. 
Okay. And I say that because of the fact that now you don't have to worry as much about how you're going to spend the money or if you're going to cut her with woods and who's going to you know fill in the backfill. Is Mechie going to be able to do it, do some things? you got another legit guy to put with the two guys that are already on your roster, and that excites me. I would argue now you don't have a starting left guard. It's possible. Like, where are you getting it now? Because you're not getting a starting left guard, more than likely, in the third round. But also, You, let, don't, you don't think Scruggs can just be your starting left guard? You could, but who's your starting center? Patterson. Well, that scares me. I know, but he, he played... It's, but does it scare you more or less than the idea of having, like, Kenyon Green or having a, a, a you know having what they had to deal with this last year? I want a first-round guard or a second-round guard. The Cooper BB kid out of Kansas State's pretty nasty, yeah, too. I, just, I don't hate the idea of going to the next season between Patterson, Scruggs, Kenyon Green. And okay, your they, run game stunk, though. Your run game stunk, and you're, going, you're running it back with the same guys. But isn't that the strength of Kenyon Green? Is Kenyon Green going to start? I don't know, but I think that at least if he wants to improve the run game, there, there's one way that hopefully if his specialty was run blocking. Sure, like I see where you're coming from, but the answer with Kenyon Green was going to start is I don't know. And if it's I don't know, that's not an answer that's to health, help the and, running and game. And that's health wise yeah. too, more than anything. But that's else. where, like, I think if you go, I, in, is it like if he's completely healthy? If those, if those, like, because I think that's a like, I don't, I don't want to say likely. I think that that possible. is a possible scenario where you don't draft guard, or maybe you take a project guard that fills out the roster, and maybe you can develop into into a starter in three years. It's possible you go into camp next year with three guys: Kenyon Green, maybe maybe even Kendrick Green, but Kenyon Green, Jared Patterson. And Juice Scruggs, three guys fighting for two jobs. That's possible. That's possible. That scares me if I'm trying to help my run game. And if that, if like those are my three options, like Kenyon Green's probably your starting left guard. I would. I think that it's more likely Kenyon Green starts at left guard, assuming all health, than it is that Jared Patterson starts at center. Now I haven't looked at who's going to be free agent this year that are veterans in terms of the guards in the league or offensive linemen. But I would, I would think that you could still possibly find, if you had to or wanted to, a very reasonably priced guard mm. that could do some things and, and not have to think about Mike Evans or think about going out and, and paying for a free agent receiver. Instead, you get a guy that comes in at way less money that gives you that upgrades your receiver room, and now you can spend some money on a, on an upgrade at guard if you have to. Now, not too often can you underpay a free agent that starts for you. Like if you're if you're signing a starting caliber player, usually you're play, you're paying more than the actual talent because it's free agency. About, Everybody's in on the guy. But true, but I mean, but I'm thinking more along you the lines of you could go Shaq Mason. You, you like found you found you found Fant. You found some of these guys that were a little longer in the tooth, but had plenty of ability left in them to think about the fact that maybe there are guys out there that aren't going to demand the high dollar top five guards on the market, mm-hmm. but you could get a guy for a lot less than a receiver yeah. that could come in and play guard. Look, the way he got Shaq Mason last year, I thought was brilliant. Yeah. Like it, it was somebody, it was a, it was a starting caliber player. Tampa Bay, like kind of wanted to get out of that contract or maybe just thought you know, they, they were better going a different route. You pick swap late draft picks and you resign him to a contract. Like he could do that again it, for, for another guard or interior offensive lineman. But the, the problem that I, I have with, with that in terms of and I lost my train of thought, so we'll go to break. We can get get on the other side. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN Bad Take Boulevard. Who makes the list this week of the worst takes out there? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five, ESPN ninety two five. So many bad takes on sports. What do you do with all of them? Only there is something in your head to control the things you say. Well the killer bees use them to build an actual street where they can get run over. For all eternity. 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 What's that street? Bad Take Boulevard. 
Are you blank on Brad on Bad Take Boulevard? I'm going to Bad Take Boulevard this New England Patriots staff. They just announced their OC, Alex Van Pelt. That staff's awful. I'm sorry I got sidetracked by seeing this. Um, I think that those that wanted to trade 21-year-old Jalen Green should belong on Bad Take Boulevard. I know that he's on a heater right now, and it's only a six-game sample, but in these last, actually five games, in these last five games, he's averaging 29.8, just under 30 points a game. Seven rebounds, four assists, shooting 30, 36% from three. I understand the frustration, because Jalen Green shows this, and then he'll go have two weeks where he's turning in dud after dud after dud. But because this is the potential of a 21-year-old, you should be ashamed of yourself if you've been saying to trade Jalen Green. Yeah, the one thing that we made mention of on the show, and I referenced multiple times, is it is not trade time to trade Jalen Green because you have so much. The clock still has plenty of time left on it before you feel like you have to, you know, make a move or get off the pot per se because of the fact that he's coming up on free agency, and then you have to decide whether he's a max player or how much you're willing to pay him. There's plenty of time for that, so you just have to figure out what he can be. And right now, they're trying. Hopefully, like you said. They're figuring out that he can be a lot more than the people that wanted to trade him thought he would be. And then you've had these stories that, like, Ime, they've talked more, trying to get him to be aggressive, trying to be him to get caught. He's 21. Like, let's see how he takes some good coaching. And at the end of the year, if you realize that, hey, this guy's not coachable, all right, then then you make the decision sure. to trade him. Give him give him some time. Let it marinate a little bit. Plus, Microwave the- society. Let's let it breathe for a second. And at the same time, too, even if, as you're testing the market, Everybody at the time that it was really, really a hot button, too, before he went on this heater, the, the main thing was you never sell low. You know how high you drafted him, but you're not going to sell low, and, if, and no one's yeah. forcing you to trade, so you don't have to. So now, at least, you know, too, for all those people, the reason why we said pad your brakes, too, if you're so hell-bent on it, is he's on a heater right now to show you that you would have sold way too low. Like, you've been critical of Jalen, I think, fairly. Yeah. You've never said trade the guy. Like, no. let's let's wait and see how it goes. Let's wait and see how it goes with a year of Ime Adoka. Uh, the NBA has announced, hey, that guy, those people made the list. Those people made the list. All those people that wanted to trade Jalen Green, they all made the list. Adam Silver also makes the list. You see, we talked about this a little bit the yeah. other day. They've made it official. The NBA is going to a two-day draft. First round on one day, second round on another day. I can't think of things i rather watch less than the second day of the NBA draft. You the know me, round. and I love NBA basketball. There is no way in hell I'm watching day two and the second round of the NBA draft. I will look up on online who got drafted if I was curious about a local player or some player that I know or I, I've watched. But there, how in the world do you think that this is them trying to be the NFL, which you're never going to be? They're trying to create content, I think, maybe. Like, awesome. hey, we have more days of the draft. You can watch us. Um... I'm not sure what I'd rather watch more. You think they'll mix the, in a, a skills competition That's or what I was about to say. Like, would you rather watch a Pro Bowl or the second round of the NBA draft? I think I'd rather watch the Pro Bowl Hell activities. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like dodgeball, like I don't want my guys playing in the dodgeball, but seeing NFL dudes play dodgeball over guys like Amani Bates, Jalen Slauson, Trace Jackson Davis being drafted. That's the kid from Indiana. Yeah. The hey, look at that. That went to the Warriors. There you yeah. go. I just I have zero interest because like I I've the second day of the NBA draft at this point. GG Jackson. It's basically like the sixth and seventh round of the NFL yeah. draft. I mean, yeah. Maxwell Lewis. I know that uh A lot of the time. Amani Bates is with the Cavs. Yeah. yeah. He got in trouble. He went in the stands. Um in the oh, G League game? Yeah. 
Oh, boy. A lot of times, too, they're like international, you draft and store guys that a lot yes. of times never even make it overseas. Like, yeah. this, this is I so bad. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't even like the first round of the NBA draft. I'll, like, I'll watch the first round. I, I, like, I like they the first ruined round, it. I feel I like too. they've ruined it. To now, be the, you get, you start getting into the 20s and it starts going three, four hours deep. It starts to get a little bit it like, does. monotonous. It was so I can the, understand separating it from that front, but no one's going to watch day two. A lot of no. times, and I, they, because they went too far. Like I don't even know what to call it, but like it just it, the the draft was depressing. Okay, like they they spent basically the first ten picks, and it was all about tragedy. Like they could not talk a single positive thing about a basketball player without it being someone died. And I was just like, can we talk about like you're talking about good the, like things, their upbringing I mean, and stuff, the to- storytelling? Yes, like well, we had Brandon Miller. No, I'm, I'm not oh, talking. I'm too. talking about like two years, two oh. three years ago. Like they went so deep into like everyone. They were digging, digging for like stories. these like all these sad stories, and I'm like, this is supposed to be a day of like celebration, and your fan base is getting a top five pick, and it's all about just sad so stuff. So instead of like the players don't even want to talk about. Instead of like delaying it or something, so that you could get less of the stories that you don't want to hear, and speeding up the process, they've completely added another day to completely draw out the process. I mean, I won't watch a second. No second. Someone says because Jokic was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. That's absolutely that's true. true. It's a good point. He yeah, was. That's yep. a good point. I hope when he eventually gets inducted to the Hall of Fame, that's what they put on the screen first. It's like Todd Helton having cores filled on his bus. So Adam Silver, you make the list. No one likes this. You just made the uh, list. T Swanny on Twitter. I don't remember how this came up. I said something about Braxton Miller, and he commented and goes, if Braxton Miller never had to stop playing quarterback, I bet he'd be having an MVP season in the league right now. What? I'm just, I'm just Don't shoot the messenger. Who is quarterback? this quarterback? Who is this guy? I saw Rando on Twitter. Well, he's an idiot. Yeah, he's an Complete idiot. Belongs idiot. on the list. Yeah, quarterback. Oh, get out of here. One of Bill O'Brien's worst picks, by the way. That might Drafting be one of the Braxton worst Miller takes third. I've yeah. ever heard. Yeah, I, really I just bad. told him, stop. Yeah, Braxton Miller, if he never had to stop playing quarterback, he'd have an MVP in the league right now. Mm. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson of the Detroit Lions, he was waving goodbye to the 49ers in the second quarter of the NFC Championship game. The 49er fans yep. in the second quarter of the championship game. He's the one that also got into it with Baker and was ripping him before the game and then got him got him during the game and then said, you know, I don't want you to sign it or something. He, he runs his mouth all the time. He's he's an idiot. C.J. Gardner, you make the list. Um, you just made the list. I guess this was you. Blanker, you said this was you. Landlock, yeah. uh, Highway to Hell. I guess he tweeted this. Yeah. Which, how did you see this? You're blocked. Uh, someone, I think someone quote tweeted it. Ah, uh, if Ben Johnson's going to be the guy in D.C., I'd fire Dan Campbell and hire Ben Johnson. Sounds wild, but would bet if Philly had a time machine, they'd hire Steichen and fire Sirianni. So I actually agree with this take. I don't agree with the first part. That's what's so outlandish. Do. You would fire Dan Campbell, who has resurrected, turned around, and taken this team to exactly where they wanted to go and could mm-hmm. not get to for 30-plus years, mm-hmm. and you'd fire him to keep Ben Johnson? Okay, maybe I wouldn't fire him. Well, that's like, what it says. <laughs> I, that's why it's he's, on there. Maybe, maybe he won me over with the Steichen Sirianni thing. I knew I think that Sirianni's would interest a jabroni. you. I almost felt like... <laughs> and I, was, I like I love Steichen, and I hate Sirianni. It's, I was going to delete word. that, and I said I can't do that because that would be now, unfair. Now, if, if you're the GM there, and you think that 80% of your success is because of Ben Johnson and his offense, and 20% of your success is Dan Campbell and his leadership, you should keep Ben Johnson. Okay. Okay, Gerard. What Johnson. happens? You should keep Ben Johnson. It's what if the off season, coach? yeah, and Nick Casario thinks the same way. 
Well, I love D'Amico. I'm just saying. You know, I live like, what if Nick Casario, eighty percent of the success in his mind goes yeah. to Bobby well, Slowick? Nick Casario's wrong here because I wouldn't think okay, that eighty percent of the success that's going on here is Bobby Slowick. But sure. I, it's all leadership overall, and culture. Yeah, and that's exactly what Dan Campbell's brought. Yeah, yeah, I see your point, but I mean. I love Ben Johnson. <laughs> That's fair. I, I'm a huge Ben Johnson I'm fan. I'm curious I think if Ben Johnson loves himself enough that he's asked for what Schefter said he was outpriced. Fifteen. Schefter if is. You're asking for fifteen a year. You're not Jim Harbaugh. That's ridiculous. Schefter is full of hot air. Like we've Schefter's been proven to be wrong all the time. Ben Johnson's being super selective, waiting on a quarterback to hitch his wagon with. And I actually, I applaud it. I think it's good. All right. So bad take on that one. Uh, Clay Travis tweeted out this one on Christmas. The Chiefs are not a good football team, and Travis Kelsey looks like he should retire. He's been worthless the last seven or eight weeks. Hmm. How'd that turn out? They're in the Super Bowl. They're in the Super Bowl. Travis Kelsey's had a really big second half in the playoffs. And everything's going their way. He's turned back. He's turned back the clock. He really has. I mean, what do you have? Two possible. He was was on the cusp of three touchdowns against Baltimore. He had the first two, right? Uh, I don't know how many touchdowns he ended up with. He had the one that on the corner uh, at the pylon that he extended the ball on. I think um, he had. It, I think he had two touchdowns on the first two drives for the Chiefs. Maybe so. I, I don't remember who scored the touchdowns. But he's been unbelievable. He's been really good. And he passed. Uh, he passed Jerry Rice in the last game for like playoff. What's catches? I think, or touchdowns? I think it was catches. Yeah, well, the, which is and, stupid. And then he and uh, Mahomes passed Brady and Gronk for all-time touchdown yeah, completion. Before, yeah. So he's been breaking all of these records. So yeah. Clay Travis, Christmas Day text. Paulie's happy tweet. about this. You just made the list. What do you mean about Clay Travis making the list? Was he not a big Clay Travis? I don't fan? think so. I mean that tweet's politically motivated. So. Clay's, what 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 Clay's what, is? what that Clay Travis, Travis does? Is, he hates Travis Kelsey because he endorsed Pfizer. Oh, that's right. So he just has been I mean, on. There's a an war argument path. to be made on either side. I know, but he's been on a war path on Travis Kelsey ever since. Two one two eight. I'm not going to read that. Uh, Six eight five six. Key from LA. It's fifty fifty in Detroit. Look, if you th- if you have a if you have if you think that Ben Johnson's the next greatest head coach ever, you don't let him leave. You don't let him leave. Now, it didn't really work whenever they had, what was it, Dirt Cutter? Dirt Cutter. That one didn't really work well, that's out. that's right. Tampa, that, yeah. Well. All right, 713-780-ESPN. That's true. But it still didn't work out. Like, he got fired, I think, in two years. Uh, yeah, I think two years, is, that's all he got. Yeah, I love he got a raw deal there, and, and Dirk just wasn't ready for the job. All right, what else belongs on Bad Take Boulevard? You can just tweet them at uh, Pac-Man Joel. All right, coming up next with the Killer Bees on ESPN 975, ESPN 925. I have an observation that I've made about Joe's show, The Bullpen. Joe, you're on Monday through Wednesday and then Friday? Yes. So you take Thursdays off because you don't work full weeks. That's not my fault. So, <laughs> an observation I've made about Joe's show, The Bullpen. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 975 and ESPN 925. Great pleasure of mine to tell you about Gentle Ben for a variety of reasons. At the top of that list, I believe what I say, Gentle Ben is the absolute best. The vodka, best in the state. The gin is the best in the market. The bourbon is fantastic. Double platinum winner at the prestigious Ascot Awards. Gentle Ben uses their innovative, revolutionary, Revolutionary technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest, smoothest spirits you'll ever taste. Smooth, clean, eliminates the burn. Don't labor through your drink. Enjoy it. 
Savor it. You can do that with Gentle Ben. You'll love what's not in it, including gluten. Gentle Ben isn't going to brag about that, though, because all spirits are naturally gluten-free. You can find Gentle Ben inside of Ben's Bar at the Toyota Center. You're going to a Rockets game soon. Stop by Ben's Bar. Pick up some Gentle Ben on the way to your seat. Head to the Gentle Ben Tasting Room. Always a fantastic spot. Uh, stop at your favorite liquor store. Whenever you're going to your favorite restaurant, your favorite bar, ask for Gentle Ben. Head to GentleBen.com to learn the uh, the incredible story is to continue the legacy of Gentle Ben as well. Gentle Ben, highest craft, softest sip. The Killer Bees. What about the murderous Jays? We've got Joel, Jeremy, and Joe. That's three Jays. Coming to you live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. It's the Killer Bees and Murderous Jays. Just one J belongs to Joe. 713-780-ESPN. HRMP listener line. Um, someone said... Wait, 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 wait. What's that? He said there's one J. One yeah, J. we go by Brian and Blank. But we're both... Joel and Jeremy, I'm, which are I'm, also I'm Jays, aware though. of that, but okay. we, we go by Branham and Blank because we're the Killer Bees. Okay. Fair. You don't say Killer Bees, Craig and Jeff. You say Killer Bees, Bagwell and Biggio. You're not, here's the third Killer Bee, Lance. No, you say Berkman. There's a reason that Spencer doesn't, he doesn't know who Derek Bell and Sean Barry is, but he doesn't say Derek and Sean. He says Barry and Bell. Well, Joe's a reptile and not Fair. an animal. All right. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me shake that one off. I'm just, just making sure. Corey, uh, Corey says, I watched round one last season with excitement when I saw Whitmore falling to Houston. Facts. Facts. No doubt about that. And as a Houston Cougar fan that I am, we'll go Cougs. Always, you know, die hard Houston Cougar, as you know. There's been Houston Cougars drafted in late parts of the first round, recent drafts. Marcus Sasser, Sasser last year. Yeah. Quentin Grimes three years ago. This is his third year yeah, in the league. Yeah. And then, of course, you had that lottery pick. You want to be a lottery pick, you go to the University of Houston. Go Cooks. How's he um, He's actually got called back up. He's doing all right. Oh, good. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's got. He's raw. I mean, a lot of yeah. picks don't just enter the league and go nuts. All of them don't. Seven one three seven eight zero. I didn't appreciate that little jab. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven. You with a little grin on your face. <laughs> That's a little not grin true. on your. You keep go up to with the tape. That's not true. You keep up with the NBA way more than I do. I keep up with one NBA team. One NBA team. You keep up with all of them. Kinda. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> I rest my case. Uh, I was. Um, I wasn't listening to Joe's show yesterday. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I was. This is the only reason that I know this. But I, I'm making an observation uh, about Joe's show. Which, really, which first uh, thing, should I be nervous about this? Yeah, maybe, yeah probably. Uh, Junior says that he's been trying to tell you to change the name of your show to The Bear Den. Uh, he mentioned it once, yes. What's, but... the per- what's the purpose there? Like, Is there a joke there that I'm missing? The Bears. Well, he's the Bears. Oh, okay. Yeah, that went right over my head. That's a good call there, Junior Broncos. It's my bet. I didn't get the joke. Um, King of Twitch says the bullpen, the low A ball for radio. Sure. That's mean text. We're going to put that, that on mean text. What's the weekend tomorrow. bullpen then? Rookie ball? Maybe. Is that still going? Yeah. Maybe so. Um, I was going to say something else before. Oh, yeah. You guess. You guess what my observation is. Um, that I have takes that I don't give to this show. No, that's been a problem of mine in the past. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I noticed that you do have like a full rundown for that show, and you put none of it in our rundown. No, this is more about your guest. This okay. is more about your guest. Oh, have, I noticed this. this about you. Have you ever? I have you ever? I knew has Joe has Joe ever called you or asked you to be a guest on his no. weekday bullpen? No, 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 no that's sir. not fair. Have you no, ever sir. called Joe and, and no. Flankers and asked? No. There you go. Then no, what do you sir. mean it's not fair? We've been on the radio together for three hours. 
I've never been asked to be on the bullpen with Joe Dorch. I was tempted last night to call because on top of this, Jeremy, if you really want to pile, I'll pile on a little bit here. Yeah. But he went before he brought in Michael Connor a night after bringing in Josh Beard. He went to a (laughs) full-blown NBA segment in which he just completely went by, uh, by himself. And I'm going... Well, I'm driving home. I got nothing else going on. He didn't even think about calling I'll have you me. guys on Monday and Tuesday next week. Oh, now and now we're going to be the afterthoughts. Like, oh, by the way, here, throw you a bone? I know those. No, I mean, I'm not going to say yes. I know you're this, not going to say not, yes. It's not an invitation that I'm accepting. I'm going to be like, politely decline. But just, I would have liked to be asked. I would have liked to have been asked. Like, I've noticed the last two days that both Connor and Beard of Connor and Beard Show, mm-hmm. uh, they've, been on, they've been a guest on his show at exactly 6.30 both yeah, days? 6.30. Exactly yep, yeah. 6.30 both days. And they're both brilliant guys. They're both fantastic at what they do. And I have no problem with you having Connor and Beard on. I have no problem at all with you having Connor and Beard on. It's just an observation that I noticed that you had him on, and you've never asked Blankers to be on the weekday bullpen show. You've never asked Branham to be on the weekday bullpen show. So I just found it a little bit curious. Just a Branham observation that I had. It's a fair observation. Yeah, it's a very solid observation. I'm just, you know, I don't want to ask you guys to do too much work. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I would I definitely ask. say no. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Accept. We've been on radio together for three hours. Yeah, we had a little thirty minute break. That's true. I'm driving home. I'm in, I'm in at right. least thirty forty five minutes of traffic. Talk to you on Monday. I mean, don't ask me to do it. Monday at six thirty, Joel. Talk to you then. Well, I, don't I haven't to agreed it. to it yet either. Yeah, you know, now I feel like I ruined it. He called. He called Beard the other day. Well, you know, what do you think about Slowick sticking around? We hit everything. He's the, he's an expert on Bobby Slowick. We're on, we're just talking about everything. Would you talk? On? Would you talk with? Uh, would you talk about it with Connor? Everything. The Rockets. Astros, Trey Cabbage. Cabbage. Oh. oh, and that's when he called him Blind Madras. Yep. Yep. I referenced the show at Jillian times. That you do because it's I don't, I don't have time to prep. So I just talked about what we talked about. <laughs> okay, at least you admitted it, but yeah. <laughs> King of Twitch says Connor and Beard is the beer league softball show that will end with injuries. <laughs> that's that's how I retired from softball. I pulled my hamstring one too many times. I'm, I'm not pulling my hamstring anymore. I'm done. I'm retiring from slow pitch softball. Uh, Lamont says, whoa, Pac-Man Joel lost his uh, train of thought on air. He just rode my, my tail for forgetting my thought. He's calling you a hypocrite. Let me he's call saying, you, hey, hey, Lamont, let me call you back. He's uh, he's calling you a hypocrite because you know because of you called him out once and now you did the same thing. Well, at least he knows that I won't make up the excuse that I had to knock it out. <laughs> Just I I admitted and I told you exactly why the Pro Bowl commercial came on and Joe got in our ear to go to break at the same time that I was going to throw that thought in and then I lost my train of thought. Six eight five six. Uh, Connor said he's a better baseball player than Blankers was. Yeah, Connor played college ball. I mean, you played JUCO in Wisconsin. I didn't play JUCO. I did not play JUCO. <laughs> you get so mad. When I played yeah, JUCO. yeah. I played. I know you didn't play. Yeah. I know you didn't play JUCO yeah. in Wisconsin. You so, played D three in Wisconsin. Answer, answer my question. D was it D three? It was D two. To be the first two years. Okay, you're not going to like what I have to say, but I don't hold back. High school baseball in Houston is better than D two baseball in Wisconsin. It's not true. I don't know. It's not seven one three seven eight zero. I know you enjoyed the ability to. I don't know it. Look, like that. look how many Houston area high school kids get drafted first round in Major League Baseball. Okay, but that's fine. But I played college baseball against Scott Service. I played college baseball against Damian Miller. I played, played Who? college baseball. Damian Who's Miller. Damian Miller. He won a World Series with Arizona. He caught for many Major League Baseball teams. Did he there start were, on that World Series team? 
He started. He, I don't know if it was that World <laughs> Series team, but I, but it doesn't matter. He played years and years of Major League Baseball. I played against a lot of Major League guys in in, in my time playing college baseball. I, I, I take offense to that comment. Yeah, <laughs> look at the first rounders that have come in Houston that went out of high school. What did Connor? Out by of the high way, school. And, and, and first of all, what did Connor do to achieve anything in baseball other than him saying that he pitched against? He beamed some guy in the middle it of was the back. Robbie Grossman. That was yeah. That was a major league baseball. Houston player. area major league baseball player. By the way. Okay, great. Jay Bruce, Houston area major league baseball. Josh Beckett, Houston area. Josh major, Beckett. I'm very Carl Crawford, with. Michael Bourne. I think that list better. Okay, great. The list better. Where did Connor play high school baseball? Good to know, Joe. You have him on your show, but you don't worry when you play high school baseball. You I mean, know I've known Connor Robbie for Grossman. a long time, and I don't talk about his high school days. I uh, I I batted one thousand off of Jay Bruce. He said you got. Well, I saw the yeah. I batted one thousand off of Jay. He never. He was never able to give me. A, I own that guy. One for one. Punch and Judy base hit through the whole right side. Seven one three seven eight zero ESP at HRP listener line. How much does the schedule matter in the NFL? It's a killer beast on ESPN ninety seven five ESPN ninety two five.